Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hi, welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas, and I wanted to throw in this quick message to let you know that I have spots available for coaching. So if you are looking for a transformation to go from self-doubt to skyrocketing confidence, whether that is online or on stage where you want to use your voice to take up space, send me a message on Instagram at jessicadumas01. I'd love to chat about what your next level looks like to you and how I can help you get there. I want to share a trigger warning for the podcast episode that is about to play. And if you're not here for that today, then I totally respect if you want to turn this off for today and come back next week because today's message is really heavy. I listened back to it and I I needed to give myself a trigger warning. So the message that I'm going to share is talking about loss. It's talking about my experience with loss. I talk about family members that I've lost to suicide. The purpose mostly for this message is to talk about my recovery, what I did to accept it, what I did to move on, how I went through that, how I struggled. So if that's a conversation that you are open to hearing today, then I advise you to proceed with caution. I invite you to light a candle. I invite you to have Kleenex, allow your emotions to flow if that's where you need to be, reach out for help, reach out for support. If that's what you need, allow yourself to cry, but really give yourself some compassion. If you're not ready for that, then please come back next week. I went to a funeral recently, and there's been a few funerals in my extended family in the last little while. So this is something that's been on my mind. Actually, this is this message has been on my mind for a very long time, because there are very specific people that I think about when I think about this message, talking about life and death and loss. So this message is for you if you've suffered a loss and you're seeking a way to move on and you're just looking for that support and that conversation to accept things the way that they are. This is not for you if you're hurting because of loss, if you've given up, even though I don't think those are who my listeners are, but not everybody might be ready for this message might make you think I'm an asshole, (laughs) but I'm about to share this message. The reason that it's been on my mind and I think about specific people for so long is that I see so many people suffering with loss. Of course, loss is something that you're going to suffer through. It's not easy when you lose someone. But when they're having a difficult time moving on, that's what breaks my heart the most. I get it. I've been there. I'm going to talk to you about the loss that I've had in my life. I know that losing someone is devastating. I know that it's traumatizing. I know that everyone deals with it differently. There's no way that you can compare it or explain it to anybody else. The way that you grieve is going to be unique to you. And it can cause all kinds of things in your life, things that I might not even be able to understand and acknowledge right now, but it can cause you to freeze. It can cause you to give up. It can cause people to take their own life. So yeah, I think it's worth talking about where to start. So in episode one and two, 
I don't know how much I talked about the loss that I have experienced in my own life, but as a young person, there was a lot of suicide in my family. When I was 12 years old, I had an aunt, her name was Karen. And you know what, honestly, I can't even remember if this is the first one. And actually, even before I jump into that, I knew my family members, my extended family members only by attending funerals, because we weren't families that like, had weddings every year, anything like that. We had funerals all the time. That's how I would know like who my extended family was. So when I was 12 years old, my aunt and two of my uncles committed suicide. And it wasn't all at the very same time, but it was within a close time frame, like within a year or two. So three of my mom's siblings committed suicide. So I learned really early what that was. I didn't understand what the heck it was. My Auntie Karen was like the cool aunt. You know, she was the one that whenever I would visit her, she'd have the music channel on. She'd be singing. I loved her jackets and her shoes. And uh, she had curly hair. And I'd always dreamt of like how cool it would be to have curly hair. I just loved her. She was the coolest. So she committed suicide. And so I don't know if 12 years old was the first time that I experienced that for sure. But like that, my losing my Auntie Karen was like the first big thing. And I know that my family all around me was dealing with loss. Like no one talked to me. No one, you know, said anything. There was no conversation with me. It was just, I was just along for the ride. So that was what it was. And then a couple of years later, when I was probably around 14 years old, I had a young cousin and her name was Marilyn. And I believe she was nine years old at the time. And she was hung at school. And so there's no, like, I don't know the truth of what happened. I don't believe she committed suicide as a young girl, but I don't know what happened. So by that time, I knew what it was. I knew what suicide was. I knew what hanging was because the relatives that I had that committed suicide, that's how they did it was they, they hung themselves. After that, after my cousin Marilyn, this is actually harder than I thought it was going to be to share this message. Um, I don't know if I need to go in my, if I'm going into too much detail. I mean, I think all I really want to share is that I, I get it. I've dealt with loss. I've dealt with trauma. Many of you know that when I was 27 years old, my younger brother, who was 18 years old, was killed by the police. Two years later, my cousin, Leon, who grew up with Matthew, like they were close in age, they were buds, and he was killed in the North End. He wasn't killed by the police, but he was shot. So yeah, I have dealt with you know, PTSD experiences just by driving by the police, just by my phone ringing. I know that there are like little things throughout the day that remind you of the experience of losing someone or that specific someone. And it just brings it all back. So I just want to acknowledge that I get that. I want to share a story that I may have shared already in a previous podcast about when I had to take my mom to the hospital to Uh, verify that that was my brother who was killed by the police in 2005. And so, but what I want to share before that, like a little bit about my spiritual experience at the time was it was vacant. (laughs) It was vacant. It was empty. I knew something was missing in my life, but I didn't know what it was. And so when I was 19 years old, I had a friend who really wanted me to go to church with her because she went to church. She just like discovered it as we were that age. Loved it. She fell in love with some guy and they were like, you know, at church all the time. So they wanted me to go. So I went for several times. I went for probably about five years. 
that was probably around two, the year 2000 to 2005 till after I lost my brother. And it was interesting. I didn't understand anything that they were talking about. I was really trying to grasp. This is where I was. I first learned about faith and what the hell faith was. I also learned about tithing. I was struggling with like poverty mindset. So like it was hard. But I also, for the first time, started to understand or not really understand, but to hear about like heaven and death and hell. So when you die, if you don't accept Jesus into your life, then you're going to hell. And uh, if you accept Jesus into your life and you follow all these rules, then you get to go to heaven. And I was really torn with that. Um, I didn't understand it, but I was desperate. I didn't know anything else. I thought So again, I apologize. Like, I don't want to offend anyone. So if you are a Christian and that's your belief, then that's your belief. But it was something that I was just like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I didn't like it. Like I was scared. It was a scary thing. And I realize now that I don't think when it comes to connecting with spirit and your destiny, I don't think that it should be a scary thing. For me, it was a scary experience. Because if I believed in this, then it meant that hell was real. And hell was scary because (laughs) my life was already hell. So if there was a worse place to go, it was fucking scary. So I didn't like it. So that was my experience. But what it did was open up my like the spiritual vacancy so that I knew, okay, there's something there that is missing. And that sort of confirmed it for me. And I didn't know what it was. But I also, for some reason, decided that I get to pick and choose. I get to pick what I like, what I learn about spirituality, and I get to apply what I like. And I don't have to do an all or nothing teaching, you know, the way that some religions are. That was kind of where I was at. And then back to the story with where I had to take my mom to the hospital. I want to tell you about this experience. When we walked into the morgue, my vision of it, my memory of it is probably different than what actually happened, like physically. But I walked into the room and what I remember, like, and this is the funny part about it, because I feel like the room was lit by lamps. There was a lot of uh, white sheets, like the hospital bed that my brother was covered in. He was wrapped in white blankets. We weren't allowed to touch him. So I don't think there was actually lamps around. It was probably a big bright room, but it's weird how when you have an emotional experience like that, what your memory takes with you. So, and I don't even remember if my stepdad was there, but I, I remember him in the room, but I don't remember him driving with us. So sorry, I'm (laughs) reliving this again right now in the moment. So thanks for your patience. As we're in the room, at the back of the room where we enter, there is my mom, my stepdad, the coroner, possibly, um, probably a police officer and myself. And we're told the rules that we're not allowed to touch him. I walk closer to the bed that he's laying on and it's probably up to like my chest. Like that's how high the bed is in my memory. I'm not a very tall person. And I'm, I knew I had to stay like a foot away from Matthew. And so I'm standing in front of him and I'm crying and I don't know what to say or think or do. 
but I hear this voice in my head. And this is the first time in my life that I heard it the way that I heard it. It was like, like if you're wearing iPods, is that what they're called? Apple iPods? They're in your ear. It's like if you're wearing those and I hear this audible voice. So never have I heard it like that before. And the voice says to me, kneel down. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So I just, I had no reason not to listen to that voice. So I kneeled down, not thinking anything, just surrendering, not questioning, just being present. So I kneeled in front of my brother's dead body. And I hear the voice again say, say thank you. And now I'm about to panic (laughs) because my response is, what am I saying thank you for? I'm laying in front of, or I'm sitting in front of my brother who's 18 years old, who was just killed. What is there to be thankful about? But again, something just came over me and I I started saying the words, thank you for letting me love Matthew for 18 years. And then that's all I really remember about that day. I just, I just remember walking away just thinking like, wow, what an experience. I didn't know that that experience was going to be so pivotal for me just to hear that audible voice, just to like have that support spiritually, but not even know it or understand it. Like it, it was, it was really an incredible moment for me, an incredible experience. So anyway, life goes on, right? I remember days where I just got to know the sidewalk really well. I'd be staring down at the sidewalk. I knew where all the lines were. I knew where all the cracks were. And I just thought, wow, like this is shitty, you know? And I'd, look up at the traffic or, you know, at something every once in a while and notice, yeah, the world, it just keeps going on. It doesn't matter. The world just keeps going on. Like, I don't understand. I remember wanting to like, I don't know, days or weeks later, just with regular life things, you just, you almost laugh and then you feel guilty for laughing because you're like, oh, I can't, how can I laugh? How can I be happy? You know, like there's different stages of loss and grief the stages of grief, you could totally find the model online. They start at denial, you go through anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I think that this is such an important thing to be aware of, because when, you, when you're when you aware of something, then you can be more susceptible to going through the process, because you can easily get stuck in them. So denial, right? Avoidance, shock, fear, like that's the initial thing, I think. When I think back to my memories around like the days and times of when I lost my brother, a lot of it is just a blur. Like there's a lot of it that I just don't remember. The next stage of it is anger. So frustration, anxiety. That's probably when I started having anxiety in my life was after I lost my brother. I don't remember ever having anxiety before that, but I remember after losing him, having my first anxiety attack. And it was probably about a year later. No, I can't. No, it was. uh, I don't know when it was, but I remember being in an elevator going to work. I changed jobs and having my first anxiety attack and just remember thinking, what the fuck is this feeling? The next stage is bargaining. So struggling to find meaning, reaching out to others, telling your story, telling my story was such a huge part of it. And I didn't even know how healing that would be, but having conversations talking with others that understood what I was going through. So at this time in my life, I had left working Manitoba Hydro where I had worked since high school and I started working at an Ashawaywin. Oh my God, another story that's going to make me cry. 
I started working for the first time with Indigenous people. I didn't know Indigenous people, like besides my own family. I didn't understand what was going on in the community. So when I was able to work with other Indigenous people who had families like mine, they had experiences like I did, I didn't feel like I needed to explain myself to anyone, but yet I could talk about it and people could understand it. It was huge. It was so huge. Also within that time, I found, so this is where you're like contemplating your healing, your um exploring that meaning. I remember also looking around at different times because I had thought that I had seen my brother. So I'd see a man driving by on a bike and I'd think, oh my God, is that my brother? Like my my mind was just looking to reason, looking to find understanding. Uh, the next stage is actually depression. So overwhelmment, helplessness, um, flight, like wanting to just, you know, just say, fuck it, fuck everything. This sucks. And I just want to validate that that's like a, an actual valid part of the grief cycle. Acceptance. Um, I, I give so much credit to this because there were times and, and I knew that I knew I had to accept it for what it was. My friend Hillary used to tell me, Jessica, you just whatever everything. Hey, you have a problem with something. You just go, whatever. And I didn't realize that I had that tendency, but thank goodness, like, thank God, thank creator, thank universe for that ability to just accept things as they are and looking at options. So one of the things that I say in every situation is this is where I am right now. And all I could do is look forward and move on from this place right here. But you can't do that unless you go through all of these stages. So that's super important. I didn't know I was going to get into that. <laughs> But it's really important to know the different stages of grief, because if you're someone who really wants to be happy in life and not feel guilty about being happy in life and accepting that death is a part of life, then it's important to know those five stages. There's also something else that I'm going to share with you that I think is really important. But I want to I want to share another experience. So that was my experience with losing my brother. Um. Eventually, my like the the uh, next loss that came up with me, and I'm not even actually one of the things I didn't talk about was having miscarriages. I've had three miscarriages, and I've had an ectopic pregnancy. That's probably going to be for a whole other conversation because I think that's an important topic to talk about. But in 2014, I lost my grandma, and my grandma was my most favorite person in the whole world just like many grandmas, right? And if you are a grandma, then bless you, because I know that's going to be a special time when I get there. But my grandma was my most favorite person in the whole world. And she got sick. She had diabetes. She had, um, I can't even remember to tell you the truth. But in the last couple of years of her life, she was going to the hospital on a regular basis. And she was small and she was delicate. And she was just the sweetest person in the world. My grandma didn't talk a lot, so I don't have a lot of stories that she shared about her experience. But because she was so special to me, I remember overcoming my brother's loss, like coming to acceptance to it. But I should also mention that I didn't heal right away. I became the person who I was turned on as meaning I had a lot to deal with for my family. I was taking care of a lot of roles for my mom because she wasn't strong enough to do it. 
because it was such a public situation. I was the one dealing with the police, dealing with the media, dealing with, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So it became a responsibility for me. And because of that, I didn't allow myself to heal for a really long time. So I held on and I carried a lot of that for a really long time. Years later, I eventually had a like a breakdown, basically. I burnt out. Um, I was depressed. Like a whole bunch of things happened that I think I don't even completely understand it yet. So lost my grandma. Um, at this time, I thought... I've dealt with loss before. I know I'm going to be, I'm going to make it through this. And I didn't, I never said that it was going to be easy to myself, but I, I really thought I can do this. I know she's going to go soon. I can do this. And holy shit. (laughs) Like there's no preparing for that. There's like you, there's, it's impossible. It's ridiculous. I lost my grandma. It was devastating. You know, sweetest person in the world. And so I remember, so that was 2014 and I'm trying to remember where I was working at the time, but I remember coming home and it may have been six months later. I can't remember for sure. I came home and uh, talking to my boyfriend at the time, he asked me how my day was. And I knew that throughout that day, I was feeling really emotional. I knew like I just needed to cry. I just needed to get on with this day, do what I got to do, go home and cry. And so I'm having this chat before bed and he says to me, how was your day? And it was the time for me to burst out crying. So I just started fucking sobbing, like fucking, you know, gross, ugly cry. I missed my grandma. I missed my grandma and I wanted her. And I may have been crying just for a couple of minutes. And that audible voice came to me again. And, you know, there had been times where I'm like, why can't I hear that voice? Like, why doesn't it tell me all the time what to do? Because I would just listen. My life would be so easy. But here I am. And and I, again, I want to mention that at this point, I had surrendered. So that's a really important thing to be aware of. I was aware of the grief cycle. I was aware that I need to be accepting of this. It is what it is. There's no going back. There's no changing anything. All I can do is be where I am now and move forward. But because I had allowed myself to cry and release, I surrendered. And I was like, I need to let this out. And I cried. So in the midst of my cry, I hear the audible voice and it says to me, you're thinking of the physical, think of the spiritual. And I stopped crying and I sat up and I wiped my eyes and I blew my nose. And I, was just, and I, I just kept hearing that over and over again in my head. You're thinking of the physical, think of the spiritual. And by this time, I had already started exploring like the secret, understanding my relationship with the universe and just kind of growing into like, there's more to life than just being a human on this planet that like spirituality is like so much more bigger. There's, there's so much to it. And so by that time I had already been exploring it and I was just like, holy shit, what does that mean? And it just was like this sound that was kind of echoing in my head every once in a while. But it was incredible because what I realized is my grandma never left me and my brother Matthew never left me. My cousin never left me. Like all of these people and what I believe it to be now is they transitioned. And I'm going to get into that a little bit. I know that we're, um, I've already been talking for quite a while, but I believe that all of this is important. So the question that I'm going to ask you right now after sharing all of this is what do you believe about life? What do you believe about death? What do you believe about your spirit? Because this matters. And I think what 
happens is as life goes on, we don't think that we have to define it. So if we're not a family that goes to church, or even I I think just people in this generation, in this, this time that we are alive on this earth, that we just don't think that we have to define it. Because so many people are going uh, through life on autopilot, and it just, it is what it is, but you're not going any deeper. But what I want to invite you to do, if this is, you know, and again, I'm thinking of particular people, I don't know if they're going to listen to this podcast, but if you're listening to this, and this helps you, please let me know, send me a DM on Instagram, send me a message. But you get to choose what you want to believe. And I think that religion and I think that the way our human structures are set up, we're not taught that we get to choose, but you get to choose what you believe. You get to choose what you think. You get to choose what you believe about life, death, and spirituality because your healing is up to you. So you get to make a decision and you have to try something. And if it doesn't work, you have to try something again. So I shared that I went to church. That was me for the first time exploring. There, I, I was missing something and I was seeking for it in church and I didn't get it. Then I was fighting like the whole cliquey relationships that were happening at the church. Like I was there for years and it was terrible. You know, what else can you explore? There have been many times where I've had um, each of the people that I've met, mentioned come to me in my dreams. I believe that that means something, but I believe that they're always with me spiritually and I can see them visually in my dreams, um, but just because they're not here physically, it doesn't mean that they're not with me. So here is another just kind of silly example is I believe every time you're doing something and you smell something or you just have this little experience that it reminds you of a person, I believe that person is there saying, hey, I'm here. But we think it, oh, it's just a coincidence or, oh, I just had a memory. No, that's real. That shit is real. So I would go to uh, the thrift store. I promise you, my grandma is always with me in the thrift store. And I'd be, look, you know, going through some of the tops or the jackets or whatever. And I would see a shirt and I would laugh because I would know my grandma is saying to me, this is what I would buy you. And my grandma would totally buy me those types of shirts. And I would just smile and remember, oh, yeah, my grandma's with me. And then I would just keep shopping. And, you know, her and I had that little moment, even though her body hasn't been here on this planet since 2014. So I don't believe that we need to suffer. I don't believe that we're a part of this magical thing called life that can, yes, sometimes be fucking shitty. But when we learn and explore and try different things and we're open to our healing, I believe amazing things can happen. And you can be healed. You can enjoy life again. You can laugh and smile about the person that you lost and not feel guilty. Not feel that guilt of, you know, oh, I I wish I would have done this with them. I should have said this to them. Like, you can still do all of those things. It's not that I want anyone to just get over it. I'm not saying that, you know, just accept the loss for what it is and move on. You can still have a relationship with that person. So if you're ready to heal and you're ready to just say, I'm sick of this hurting shit, I'm doing it, then just recognize that you have that relationship with them. If you want to talk more about this, like send me a DM. I don't know what I'm going to do with this information. I just knew that this was a podcast that I've been meaning to record, building a spiritual relationship with my loved ones that I've lost is the best thing that I've ever done. And I want that for everyone because I believe in the transition. I believe that we're everlasting beings, spiritual beings, 
and we come here to earth just for a little while. And again, <laughs> doesn't mean that it's easy, right? There's still a lot of human shit that we have to deal with. We're born as babies and we're going through all of these experiences, but but our spirits are so much bigger than what we give them credit for. Our human bodies, our little lives are so small compared to the universal power in existence. So I don't know if that made any sense. If you're here and you love me, take a screenshot, send me a DM. Let me know what you think. I believe your healing is up to you. Make a decision. Try something you get to choose. If it doesn't work, keep trying again. Talk to people and have a relationship with the people that you think are no longer there because they're still here for you. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01 because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.